Well, good morning again. You'll notice our little image up there on the screen. And these aren't just any horses up here that you see. What kind of horses are those? They're racehorses. So I'm going to tie that in in a minute, but once again, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We mentioned that today is National Back to Church Day, or National Back to Church Sunday, if you will, because today is obviously Sunday. It's a day the church is asked to encourage those who may have stopped attending to find their way back in to the presence of the Lord, presence of the Lord in his house in the sanctuary and to worship with others together as a family. And perhaps the reason you haven't been in the church, the reason you left or haven't joined us in worshiping together, even though you used to come all the time, can be different reasons. Maybe you've gotten too busy. Maybe you've gotten weary. Maybe something has happened and you're even feeling abused by the church. But National Back to Church Day is kind of a day in which those who attend church are to be more intentional about welcoming those who return. Now, today in the Salvation Army, it's also known as Rally Day. Now, the word rally means to come again, to come together again, to continue fighting, or to recover our cause to recover in health and spirits. Kind of reminds me of a saying that I heard that said, you know, we may look at the word encourage a little wrong. We think, I mean, encourage means to compliment someone, to say something nice about them. But the word encourage is actually meant to mean to give courage to somebody. And that's kind of what rallying is. When you're encouraging somebody, you're rallying them. You're encouraging them to keep on, to keep fighting adding a boost to their health or their spirits. So, how many of you have ever watched a race of any type? Anybody? Doesn't matter what kind. It could be cars, horses, people, greyhounds, chihuahuas, frogs, turtles. Those are all races we have here in San Antonio, <laughs> interestingly enough. Now, some of you may have had an opportunity to watch some races recently because of things called the Olympics, right? They just finished with the regular Olympics, and they've had the Paralympics happening in Rio, right? One of the things I found interesting was a report that showed up online, and it said that four runners in the 1500 meter race ran it faster than the man who ran the race and won the gold medal in the Olympics. In the Paralympics, four runners ran it faster. Now, I was like, well, you know, they're runners too. What does it matter? Well, the guy who won the Olympic gold, who was an American runner, raced the 1500 meter in 3.5 seconds. 
Now, the ones who ran the 1500 meter in the Paralympics all raced under that time. And in fact, the one who ran and won was at 3.48. The main difference is all four of them were considered visually impaired to the point where they needed special glasses to just be able to make out shapes. But they didn't let those things hold them back or deter them. There's even horses, horse races, right? We've got some Kentucky Derby horses up here. Now, horses seem like naturally fast animals, don't they? When you think of them, you just think of them running fast. But the Kentucky Derby is a race that's been happening for about 142 years, which is to find the fastest of the fast. Out of hundreds of applicant horses that try out, do you know how many race in the Kentucky Derby? 20. They only take the top 20. Now, as I was researching this, you've got some big horses that have finished well. And everybody knew it. You could look at them and say, you know what? That's a racehorse. Like Secretariat. But in 2009, in a long shot win, a racehorse called Mind That Bird came from behind to win the race, which almost never happens, right? Towards the end of it, he got faster, and he had more ground to make up. But he rallied. He picked up speed. He could persevered. And even though he was a long shot, managed to not just finish the race, but win it. What does that got to do with us? Well, as Christians, we are also involved in a race. We're awaiting the second coming of Christ, and we are looking to continue to run the race towards the prize of eternal life. How can we understand that a little bit better, and what do we need to do, though? Because just like racehorses are trained, just like runners are trained, we need to kind of prepare ourselves and train ourselves for this. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 4 through 8. Now, I'm only going to look at some of them. It's going to be a little bit long, but if you'll follow along. We're going to look at 2 Timothy, charting with verse 3, chapter 3, verse 10. And we're just going to go to 4, 8. And it says... You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lasteria, and the persecutions I have endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you... 
continuing what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you had known the holy scriptures which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in jesus christ all scripture is god breathed and using full for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work in the presence of god and of christ jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of appearing in his kingdom i give this charge preach the word be prepared in season and out of season correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths but you keep your head in all situations endure hardship and do the work of an evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry for i am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearance now that's a lot of scripture to take in and it's a great passage for us to study to read and to get strength from and today we're going to look at it and draw some lessons from it the preparation involved in training for a race the race that Paul mentions that he finished. And we're going to break it down to three steps. Three critical steps that will help us prepare us to run this race and to finish it well. And the first critical step would be to inform ourselves with the word of God. To have good stamina in the race, we must first have the fuel second we must use what we've learned <laughs> what good is the fuel if you don't use it it's like gassing up your car for a big trip and then letting it sit in the driveway you have to use it to use what you've learned and third remember to keep your eyes on what lies ahead staying focused especially on our prize the prize for finishing the race and encouraging others to do the same which is eternal life and so have you guys stretched are you ready to start the first step in getting ready for our race is to make sure we have prepared ourselves have you ever exercised without preparing your body without stretching you pay for it later don't you we want to make sure we're prepared for this race because as we get going if we haven't prepared we're going to stumble and fall now have you guys ever found yourself singing along to a song you didn't even know you knew the words to and let's be honest here we're going to keep it real how many of you guys have ever found yourself singing along to a song you didn't even know you knew the words to to find out that the words are probably wholly inappropriate where you kind of start singing it along you hear the words come out of your mouth and then you go oh no 
what did I just say? Right? Our brains can be like sponges and we just absorb so much that sometimes we don't even know what we are absorbing because we're not careful enough, intentional enough with what we're observing. And the thing is, is we observe so much over our lifetime. How many of you guys still remember nursery rhymes you grew up with? It's not like you take a refresher course. You don't go to college and take nursery rhymes 201 to refresh everything you learned in elementary school. But yet we can still remember them. But yet how many of us have been allowing scripture to absorb in us? How many of us can quote scripture as well as we can song lyrics or nursery rhymes or even books that we've read? How many of us can tell Bible stories with the same ease that we can tell a plot from a movie we just watched on TV? We have to know our stuff. So we have to prepare ourselves. And part of preparing ourselves for this race is to know what is going to get us through. And that's the word of God. Because if we don't know the word, it's going to trip us up. We read in that passage in Timothy, Paul was warning Timothy. He says, you know, people aren't going to care anymore what's in the Bible. They're going to make stuff up and believe it. And if they don't believe it, what they're going to do is find somebody else who says, oh, you know what, that is true. That is sound good. And eventually, you'll have a whole religion based off of a game of telephone. They said this, so someone said that, and soon enough, oh, yeah, that sounds good. People are going to justify what they want to do and make it a belief and make it acceptable because they don't want their feelings hurt. And the Bible's just an outdated book, right? No. Our God is the same today as yesterday. He's great and unchanging, and his word is the same today as yesterday. It doesn't change. It's relevant for all things. And do you know who knows the word? probably better than most of us and definitely enough to trip us up with it. The devil. When he tried to tempt Jesus, what did he use? Scripture. What was Jesus able to use to rebuke him though? Scripture. But how many of us would say that, would be able to do that? When we hear these false teachings of the world, how many of us know the scriptures that rebuke it, that correct it, that speak out against it, enough to be able to speak confidently about it? I'm not saying, hey, judge each other and push the word down people's throat. But you need to know it enough in your mind, in your heart, that you don't get led astray.
We need to know the rules of the Bible that are given to us, the regulations, the instructions for living. If we're going to run this race, we need to know how to do it. We need to know what's expected of us. We need to know what kind of race it is. We need to know the rules of racing. There's rules for horse racing. There's rules for the Olympic racing. Guidelines. Ways in which they're supposed to do it. There's rules that cover what they can wear, what colors they can be. We've got rules just like that in this race. They may not stipulate what color shirt to wear, but they have rules about this race we're running, people. But yet, so many people live by the rules of the world. And sadly enough, in the past, we could have said the rules of the world and the rules of the Bible can be similar. Today, they are not. And if you are living your life by the rules of the world, you may need to start measuring it up against what the Bible says. So we prepare ourselves. We go over the rules. We learn them. We study the information available. So we have fuel to go somewhere. The question is, though, does the gas tank read full, but it's sitting in the driveway? Do we ever use it? Now we have to go somewhere. Knowing about the Bible and the example that we are to lead for others does no good if we don't actually do something. If we don't actually implement what we've learned from our Bible reading. People cannot follow an example that they don't actually see just as they cannot follow a light if they can't see it. It is not merely enough to set an example by showing it though even. Not only do you have to show the example, but you have to tell other people about it. To encourage them, to give courage, remember? We need not only be sure that when we are educated in the Word of God, but that we educate those who might need to know it. The world is full of those who need to know about God and His way. And yet... Out of all the religions that have started biting their tongue, when it comes to the love God has, it'd be us as Christians. We're quick to condemn each other. We're quick to judge each other. But we're very slow to tell others about the love of Jesus. About God's love for them. And we're even slower to show God's love to them. If you're running a race, that's what it's about. There was a video that was circulating on Facebook not too long ago. Softball game. Girl had hit the ball. And as she was trying to run the bases, something happens. Now... Some teammates come out. They make a seat for her, two teammates. They scoop up the runner who can no longer walk. And you know what? They lap her around the bases so that she gets the home run. Now, I said they were teammates, but what I failed to mention was the fact that they weren't her teammates. They were from the other team, the team she was playing against. 
because they understood one thing. We're to be there for each other. We are running this race, but we are not running it alone. And many of us struggle. We're not running a, a regular race with no obstacles in our path, but some of us feel like we're running a hurdle race, right? Where every time we jump around, we're jumping over something. But hurdles can get tricky, right? And every now and then they even can't trip us up. And that's what we need each other for, to be there, to encourage one another. James 1.22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Olympic athletes don't train like they do. And then sit on the sidelines and watch others do it. And we shouldn't sit by on the sidelines either. Let us run this race. Finish it. Just like Paul said, he fought the good fight and he finished the race. Let us continue to run. We prepared ourselves. Ready, set, go, right? We know why we must run. And that it's not only to set an example, but it's to bring along others beside us. And that's why. Next, we should show others that they should run with us. To join us in this race and to keep focused on what's ahead. We live in a world today where so many people are only concerned about what's out there for them. Some won't do anything if they don't get something out of it in return. Well, for those who heed God's world, there is a reward. John 3.16 says it very clearly enough. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life, eternal life. That's the reward. That is what we receive for seeing this race through to the finish. For listening to God's word and believing in it. Matthew 5.12 says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. And Matthew 16.27 tells us this, though. We will each be awarded according to what we have done. Matthew, or 1 Corinthians 3.8 says, The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. Verse 14 goes on to say, If what he built survives, he will receive his reward. So go forth, run the race, telling others for the reward that waits him in heaven, of the place that Jesus has gone to prepare for us in his Father's house. And stay focused. Fight a good fight and finish the race and finish it well. To run a good race, one must be driven by passion, a fire to succeed. That fire, that flame within us can help us going, to keep going, when we may grow weary. For Christians, that flame is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will not come to us unless we ask. And then, taking what we know from the Bible, the knowledge of what we have, the Holy Spirit lets us understand it, so that we can put it to use. What good 
is knowing all of these things and preparing ourselves to run this race if we just sit back down. Let us go forth to run this race. We sang that song earlier. It said, onward to the conquest, east to north, right? East to west, north to south. Let us go forth. For all we are looking towards, the reward that awaits us, for those who believe, a place in heaven, to go out and tell the good news and run a good race. I told you we would have a moment. There's these little Thai Beanie Baby racehorses. And I said, you know, hey, if you, everyone, anyone who joined us for National Back to Church Day would get their very own Thai Beanie Baby racehorse. But there's a condition. The condition is simple, though. It's this. If you are willing to dedicate your life to running the race, God has set before us and to run it and finish it well and to help others run with you, then this horse is yours. To serve as a daily reminder of what you've committed yourself to. And so we're going to have a time of prayer and we're going to play that song again, Onward to the Conquest north to south and east to west. And as that song plays, we're going to give you a chance to come. The altar will be available if you want to actually take some time and spend it with the Lord and commit yourself to running this race and running it well. And it doesn't honestly matter if you have become weary, if you've fallen behind. Because... Incidentally enough, they're Kentucky Derby horses. And you remember that hearse we learned about earlier today? That my bird? Or that bird mine, right? Anyone remember what the name was? Did you guys remember? What was it? No? Ah. Even if we come from behind... like mine that bird we can still finish well winning the race and so it's a Kentucky Derby horse to remind you that even if you fall behind even if you fall behind you can still finish well finish first like mine that bird And we want to be prepared because Revelations 22.12 says, Behold, I am coming soon and my reward is with me. And I will give you, I will give it to everyone according to what he has done. What are we doing? Are we running the race well and are we encouraging others to do the same? As the song plays, we'll give you an opportunity. If you want to commit yourself to running this race, then take a racehorse home. Encourage yourselves. And encourage others to run this race.
And so as the music will come, as the music plays, we invite you to come.
Father, we thank you for this day, for everything that you've done. And let us go forward to run this race, Lord, and to finish it well, to persevere and to keep on, to fight a good fight. Let us not be distracted by the things of this world, but to continue on, focused and dedicated to you and showing others, encouraging them and telling them about you. Help us as we go forth, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.